you woke up this morning, it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day. So get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. And if you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. And if you woke up exhausted, still a good day. Because you woke up, so get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we are going to explore World's Fair Donut and O'Connell's Pub in St. Louis, Missouri, taste delectable roast beef sandwich that I've made in honor of O'Connell's Pub, and uh, some more donuts that are local to us, but inspired by uh, the World's Fair Donut. And we are also going to talk about the history of the Missouri Botanical Garden. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. How are we doing today, Andrea? Pretty good. I ate some of your roast beef already. Isn't it delicious? It is. It's amazing. In fact, um, I actually am getting a little thirsty right now. So hold on. I'm going to go ahead and pour myself a drink. Go ahead. We have uh, the training wheels from Sociable today. Uh, it is a tall boy, and we are going to be uh, talking about Sociable later on in another episode. Uh, I grabbed this, though, because it is actually the cider that I'm hosting for my wedding that's coming up next week, which will actually have already happened probably by the time this episode comes out. But now everybody understands the magic of pre-recording. So how do we like the uh, the, the Sociable? It's really good, and um, it's actually a nice dry cider, so it pairs pretty well with the like the, the roast beef. robustness of the roast mm-hmm. beef. And you got a particularly rare roast beef. Mm-hmm. I got a nice medium rare. Um, it's uh, like like fresh sliced at a deli uh, mm-hmm. locally, uh, and then I just picked up some provolone to throw on the hoagie rolls that we got from it too. Yeah, I gotta know, Aaron. Um, are you a are you a horseradish person on roast beef? Sometimes. Sometimes it really depends on how I'm feeling that day. Like horseradish and I don't, you know, I don't stock a lot of it. Um, yeah. My dad ate a lot of it when I was a kid and I kind of got to that point where it's just like, I don't need horseradish on everything. So now it's, you know, it's one of those things that I get kind of on special things or if it's on a sandwich, um, yeah. If I'm making one and I feel that it needs some horseradish, then I'll make it happen. But uh, I think the ingredients we got for today didn't really need much uh, kind of additions to them. Okay. Well, um, why don't you go and tell us a little bit about the destination that we're exploring today? All right. Um, So why we're talking about St. Louis in general is I actually spent uh, several months working at the Missouri Botanical Garden, and World's Fair Donut was right across the street from the office space that I was given while I was working there. So I went... Uh, at least once a day, to be honest, uh, because it was cheap, it was delicious, and it was just kind of an excuse to get out of my office and go walk in, you know, the nice bright sunlight that St. Louis has to offer. And O'Connell's Pub kind of turned into the place that I would go after a long day and just have a drink and have a snack and then, uh, you know, head back to my hotel because I was living out of a hotel at the time. So it kind of came like your neighborhood pub? Exactly. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, like, how McConnell's Pub is. All right, McConnell's Pub, it's kind of, it's, 
I'm trying to make sure that I, I leave it as positive as possible because it's a very Midwestern take on an Irish pub. It is not, uh, you know, like I like the first Irish pub I've ever gone to is the local and the local is it's a handmade Irish pub that was built and then brought from Ireland to downtown Minneapolis. And it's an amazing place. And it's just got so much intricate woodwork and it's so beautiful. So like seeing O'Connell's, which is still a great pub. It's just, it's got dark wood. It's not as aesthetically pleasing as the local is, but it's still just like a great place to get a great sandwich and a lot of great drinks. So basically like, um, you know, the thing that you could just walk down the street to and exactly. grab a nice bite to eat. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the roast beef sandwich is the best thing I've ever had in my life. Like, it's the best roast beef sandwich I've ever had. They, the jus that they have is just to die for. And which is why I've kind of made my homage uh, with the roast beef sandwich that I've put together today by getting, you know, some of the best beef I could mm. get my hands on. And also, you know, a really nice fresh provolone mm-hmm. and a fresh hoagie roll. Mm. The fat, it melts in your mouth, actually. Mm-hmm. Or it could actually just be the sugar from the donut that touched the roast beef sandwich that I'm currently, um, that's currently next to the <laughs> the beef that I'm eating. Yeah. Um, O'Connell's was one of those places that when I, when I started going there, the first thing I did is I looked at their menu and I'm like, what should I get? And the guy behind the bar is like, do you like roast beef sandwiches? I'm like, I'm, I'm a human being. So Yes. And uh, so he's like, just get the roast beef and like move on from there and we'll kind of figure out what you want. And so I got the roast beef and I made, I had them make me a Minnesota nice, which, you know, we wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. So you said make the roast beef sandwich and you just never moved on? No, I, I like, I ate the roast beef sandwich and I never ate anything else there. Every time I went back, I ate. The Did you ever try anything else? I never. I, I, had, I had the fries. That was literally it. Really? You never actually tried another sandwich there? <laughs> I didn't try anything Oh, come else. on. Seriously? I, I went there uh, I went there probably a dozen times or so, and every time I ended up having the roast beef sandwich, my uh, my wife-to-be, uh, the, the dinner we had when we had one night to spend together mm-hmm. in St. Louis, we went to O'Connell's, and I had that sandwich, and that's that's what I wanted. What did she get? I can't remember. I honestly can't, because I had the sandwich. <laughs> I love that sandwich. Do you just tunnel in on the sandwich? Yeah, I really do. I mean, it's like they I, they served it with either chips or fries. Sometimes I got fries. Sometimes I got chips. The fries were like the were nice... They, were they like the... Oh, I'm sorry. You were actually describing them. I was yeah. going to ask a follow-up The question. fries are like the hand-cut bar fries. Uh, you know, they've got the machine that they've done, that they've used for like 100 years or something. It's just like that big presser kind of thing that cuts them pretty uniform. But nice. it's still just fresh potatoes every day, sometimes to order. It's, oh, my word. Right? Like, that's why I wanted to talk about this place, because... On paper, it's it's like it's just another neighborhood place. Oh sure, and it's good, but it's like once you have their food and you spend some time there, you never really want to leave. And it's like it's a testament to that roast beef sandwich that I never ate anything else because it mm. was so good. And like even you know, I always tried to get something else for lunch every day, you know, because I we've talked about my problem with kind of getting in a rut with food. Yeah. Where it's like I will go to Taco Bell and I'll get the exact same thing every day of the week for two meals. And that'll ha- that'll be a month of my life. Sure. And, and so I would force myself, it's like, all right, I'm going to Jack in the Box or I'm going somewhere else. But every time that I decided like to treat myself for dinner, mm-hmm. I went to O'Connell's and I had the roast beef sandwich. Okay. And it was always amazing. You know, um, I kind of feel you there. I, I get in. I get in on those ruts too. Like, I um, 
I love, uh, I used to make a call. I had a sales job for a little while mm-hmm. and I would intentionally plan my sales call routes so that I could go by the nook oh, the every nook. single day. I haven't been in the nook in a while. Yeah. And I would, um, I would, I would, I would rotate the burgers, but I would always go to the nook. Mm-hmm. Nook's an amazing place. I'm trying to chew through the rest of the sandwich yeah. that I took a giant bite see, of. See, I've watched enough like cooking shows where mm-hmm. I've learned that if I'm going to eat and and like do a small show bites. at the... Yeah, you got to do bites. the small bites because otherwise you sound like a total like slob over the air when you're... you're not supposed <clears throat> to talk with your mouth full. We've been yeah, talking no. since we were kids. Mm-hmm. But no. Um, the other thing, like what, the first time I went, like I said, so I had to make me a Minnesota nice and that was... That's always been... Which we talked about yeah, we in talked our about. first episode. Mm-hmm. And But that's always been my, like, A, it's a good kind of way to gauge the bar to see if they will make me kind of cocktails they don't have uh, on the main kind of list. Uh, and B, it's just I needed that taste of home to just call myself sure. while I'm, you know, traveling so much. And so, like, they made me that. They really liked it. So every time... That I wanted one, they were they were willing to make me one. But then I, you know, it's like they had a really good kind of local ginger ale that I got whiskey gingers from there, and uh, you know, it's again, like they don't have a website. As I was going back, it took me a little while to actually find the name of it because all I could remember was the damn sandwich. So I remember this roast beef sandwich, and I'm sitting there like, where was that? I can picture the front of the building, I can picture the booths, and I can picture the like the bar. But I can't remember the name. So, like, I went through uh, a lot of different sources to kind of find it. And I finally found it recently. And I'm like, all right, there it is. O'Connell's. I'm not going to screw it up again. Um, And so that was, you know, that's just, it was such a wonderful place to just relax. You know, because it wasn't one of those places that has the TVs everywhere. And it's Mm -hmm. like, look at the 35 different sporting matches and 15 movies that we're playing. It was just a nice, quiet place to eat that had decent parking and wasn't, you know, wasn't on a super busy street. And it was just a great place to go. And that's why I just, I love that place. Next time I'm back in St. Louis, I'm going right back to get that same sandwich again. So, um, my heritage Mm -hmm. uh, is partially Danish. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't have anything to do with donuts. I just felt like saying that. I mean, you know, technically speaking, there is a donut called a Danish and there's also kolaches, none of Mm -hmm. which are on our plate right now. We do have kolaches. Right. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) You are eating. You are holding a kolache. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then yes. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Going off of O'Connell's and their delicious, delicious roasted sandwich, I want to talk about World's Fair Donut um, because... It is one of those places that it started in 1903 for the World's Fair in St. Louis, and it has remained open As since. As opposed to starting for the World's Fair in New York City. Exactly. But it remained open in the same place, pretty much under the same ownership, and hasn't really changed. Like, they've maintained the building, but, like, they still have the hand crank register, mm-hmm. and, like, their prices are super cheap. Side note. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, did you get these from the Cub on Robert Street in uh, West West St. Paul or like South St. Paul? I got them from the Cub in Eden Prairie. Gotcha. These are surprisingly fresh for mm-hmm. um, being like a grocery five o'clock. store bakery at, yeah. at five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if y'all want donuts at like five o'clock in the evening, 
Go to the Eden in your in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Go to the Eden Prairie Cub. Yeah, no, they have uh, they they do a good job in their bakery because they really do care there. Um, but, but part of the reason I got the kolaches is because World's Fair Donut they make just tons of different kinds of donut the like it's literally just a like kind of a man and a woman that work there i don't know their relationship i didn't spend a lot of time talking with them um but they they just made donuts and sold donuts that's all they did and they loved it they loved every minute of their day and they were some of the nicest human beings i've ever encountered and just going in there you know i'd spend maybe two dollars and i'd have five pastries and it like i spent more than that on the pastries that I got and they're still really good. But the thing, if you ever are in St. Louis and you're going to go to World's Fair Donut anyway, go in the early afternoon when they put out the pies. So they have these hand pies okay. and they have like chocolate, cherry, blueberry. Like a McDonald's pie? Yeah. It's it's very similar. So it's... it's. I a, like how I like how you just go, <laughs> yeah, like you're dismissing me. Like, yes, Andrea, I mean, that is that is what they are, but these the are same... so much better than an actual McDonald's <laughs> yes. pie, you heathen. Yeah. I mean, you said what was going through my head almost verbatim. So perfect. You know me very well. I do. But um, no, they come out... 2.33 in the afternoon is when they, they put all the fresh pies out. And there's usually a line. There was days where I'm like, oh, I'm just going to pop over, grab a cup of coffee, and maybe a quick donut. And there's like 20 people in line. And I'm like, what's going on? They're like, dude, have you had these pies? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> They're going to be gone by the time I actually get in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I got the kolaches, because we don't have the nice kind of flaky pastry dough thing up here um, or was available when I was at the, the bakery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt that this was going to be a kind of hmm. close second. Yeah, it's pretty close. with how fresh they are, because we got the cherry and we got an apple. Did you ever go to kolache days? Never went to kolache days. Yeah. It's a, it's a, we, we do a lot of summer festivals in Minnesota. A um, lot. Yeah, we do. Um, Northfield has uh, Jesse James days. Um I think it's uh, it, it starts with an M. Um, it's a southern city. Uh, what's the name of it? How to remember it? But anyway, there's a southern um, exurb or you know rural even. I think when you're getting that far out, that um, has like a Kalachi Days festival. Maybe huh. it's New Prague. Could be. I'll have That's, to check that out. Yeah, we will. But anyway, I remember going to that as a kid too. Because my dad really loves poppy seed kolaches. Did you ever do Dan Patch Days and Savage? Yeah. Dan mm-hmm. Patch Days is crazy fun. Side note, um, naming your town... Never mind. No, we're not, we're not, we're, we're not gonna, yeah, we're not going to get into that. Dan Patch. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, kolaches. They're delicious. They're donuts that are filled with fillings. Fruit. Fruit, generally, yes. Um these uh the the i'm gonna keep eating these do it the apple's a a nice kind of triangular shape the cherry was a rectangle ish shape it was rounded edges um but they're really tasty and you're right they're very very fresh and i'm super happy i think you mean carb pillow oh we're we're making a carb donation to our bellies again are we We really are Mm -hmm. man if i could fall asleep on a carb pillow i totally would (laughs) as long as it's not jelly filled that would really be (sighs) awkward I don't know. Like, well, it depends. Like, if you sleep on the carb pillow and it's filled with jelly, does it pop or does it just cushion you? That's true. It could be kind of more like a uh, like a memory foam. Oh, could you cushion? 
could you put the carb pillow in the microwave and then like go to sleep and like dream of like caramel apple i i i want to do that (laughs) i'm just waiting i'm waiting for your spouse to see you in the morning and you've just got donuts on your pillow and he's just like honey what are you doing shut up i'm trying something honey (laughs) it's an idea for the podcast we're merchandising. <laughs> uh, coming soon to our Teespring store. Have you ever laid on a pillow all, uh, made of donut? Scratch and sniff pillows. Scratch and sniff pillows. Oh, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. To something that actually smells good. Okay, so A, the kolaches are super delicious. I also got us um, just a, to- a chocolate-topped old-fashioned donut my favorite we're talking about a donut shop that's been open for over a hundred years and it's been doing the same consistent good work all the time and just you know the people that run it are amazing um i wish i could continue going back there frequently but I, i can't drive six and a half hours every day just to go get donuts i just can't do it and I'm pretty sure that my current boss would be really upset with me if I was constantly two days late for work because I had to go get donuts. So I'm thinking uh, season two of Travel by Proxy, we should do a donut quest. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just do a, just do a, like a, a, a week-long road trip going into yeah. donut shops. We just go to donut shops along like 35 or mm-hmm. something. Just drive down and, you know, do like a live recording from each of them. We'll do a live stream. Absolutely. I think it'd be fun. I think this is a great idea. <clears throat> All right. Wow. While I'm uh, trying, to, I'm trying to stop eating this kolache <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I think our listeners are probably a little bit tired of hearing. <laughs> this is the constant chewing and swallowing. So, Did you know that chomping is spelled with an A if it's like the phrase chomping at a bit? Like you're a horse? Is it still pronounced chomping? Yep. And it's not champing? Mm-mm. It's C-H-A-M-P-I-N-G. See, I've never noticed that that was a different thing, and I've always just read it as champing. Yep. No, it's chomping at the bit. It's oh, it's one of those things that you don't know because you've only read the stupid word, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, years later, it's like, why are you saying peonies? They're peonies. That was oh, the thing yeah. that I got made fun of, because uh, my, my, my entire family called that particular flower peonies, and I did not know that that was wrong. So, speaking of peonies... You mean peonies? Right, yeah, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> uh, yes, they have a lot of plants and flowers and shrubs and everything at the Missouri Botanical Garden, um, which I was, it was a privilege for me to spend time working there. It's literally just under 80 acres of cultivated, gorgeous scenery, and it's in the heart of the city. It's outside of downtown, but it's like right in the, the middle of a neighborhood. So the heart of the city is outside of downtown. So maybe heart of the city isn't exactly the place that it is. Are you just putting words together at this point? I'm trying to make it sound flowery and amazing like that place is. Okay. So I'm adding kind of flourishes of language. All right. I promise not to interrupt your prose. I appreciate that. The best thing to understand, though, is when you get, you know, you get to the parking lot, it's a parking lot. There's a big building. Once you get through the big building, what you end up going into is just a whole series of set gardens. And then you've got these paths that interconnect everything as a cultivated garden is. But 
each distinct area is kind of separate. So once you get into it off the main path, it's a completely kind of enclosed, different space. Does it have topiaries? It has a lot of topiaries. Uh. Here's the thing. They do some... Like they do these big well, light festivals for Christmas. For yeah. for our listeners, I I just need to tell our listeners that I find topiaries somewhat disconcerting. That's okay. Like I I have a an odd fear of puppets. Oh, okay. Like not not like Muppet puppets, but like lifelike puppets. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I find topiaries okay. Okay. But do they hit that same um, kind of... Because I went to the Flower and Garden Festival, mm-hmm. but certain topiaries can hit that weird, uncanny valley mm-hmm. where they look like they're going to start moving. Gotcha. So, like, um, the Flower and Garden Festival is a Disney um, mm-hmm. Epcot festival, mm. and I found out that <laughs> some of those uh, things actually look like... <laughs> look like they're gonna start walking at you ah i mean like i they don't won't but they look like it. yeah like they okay. look like they're gonna get up and move gotcha and like like they don't always but and the ones with faces don't like the ones that have clear faces yeah. you can tell are fake but when it's something that almost looks like a plant that's been brought to life in fantasia yeah that it's just gonna start marching towards you in some weird kind of way mm-hmm I can accept that. Yeah, like when it looks like it's some weird, like, uh, Lovecraftian horror that's about to, like, rise up and go after you. Yeah. Then no, I don't want to be around that. The topiaries that they've had, that they have, or that they had at least when I spent a lot of time there, uh, were more just kind of shaped trees and shrubs (laughs) rather than kind of set to look like characters. Not that, not that somebody's going to carve a shagath into, um... (laughs) Yes, it's a it's a being of the fourth or tenth dimension that uh, has billions of eyes and uh, and sees all. Come see Yig. <laughs> Come see Yig. Oh, good God. Okay, so back to the reality that is the Missouri Botanical Garden. They have uh, they have a Japanese garden um, that it's the only place on the property that they don't have path lights. Hmm. So everything else. There's always lights around the paths, so as you're going through in the evening time, uh, it's well lit. You can see kind of everything. You can see things in the difference between light and dark uh, as you get between day and night. But in the Japanese garden, they do not have any of those, so that actually has a closing time at sundown because they don't want anyone back there to get lost. Hmm. But it's gorgeous, and it's done with, you know, like they had a lot of people come from Japan to teach uh, you know, to kind of be the the curators and the kind of master gardeners for that space. Um, and there was actually a ceremony, I think in the, uh, I, want to, I want to double check in the 80s, um, but there was the Emperor of Japan came and gifted a tree to the Missouri Botanical Gardens as like kind of a thing of friendship. Do they do stuff like, um, like a... They do a lantern festival. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. do a lantern festival that's part of the kind of like big kind of spring, early summer um, time for the garden. Do you know how long it's been around? Uh, the garden itself was founded in 1859. Wow. Uh, and it was a gift to the city of St. Louis uh, from a man named Henry Shaw. And Mr. Shaw had, like, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, he actually... And this is this is somewhat from memory and somewhat from Wikipedia, um, but he had a lot of land because he had basically founded um, some trading posts and some general stores 
in St. Louis for westward expansion in the earlier 1800s. So then by the time he was ending his life and he didn't have any heirs, um, he had a lot of wealth and he had a whole lot of land. So he actually gave the... um, the 79 acres that in, that engulfs the botanical garden, which is the paid attraction. And he also gave uh, another like 500 to make as a park. Really? And I'd have to double check that because it might be more and I might be kind of uh, downplaying that. But it is, uh, it was just, it was so much land. And then on that property is also his townhouse from that he, they, that he had moved uh, from like downtown St. Louis he had it moved brick by brick back to the what is now the Missouri Botanical Garden to serve as offices and kind of things for all the horticulturists and master gardeners. Um, there is actually a master gardener's home that exists on the property uh, that there is kind of an entrance exit that you can use during certain festivals. Um, and then his Mr. Shaw's summer home is in the center of the property. And so you have all these places that you can actually go in. Like you can't go into the the townhouse because that is offices and kind of, you know, functioning pieces of the business that is the Missouri Botanical Garden. But you can take tours of his summer house and see it basically as he would have kept it in his day. Wow. Is it like a, <clears throat> sorry, is it like a big mansion? Um, the summer house is a fairly large house for the time, but it is it is not like a primary wealthy person's residence. Hmm. Like if you ever go and do the the like the Summit Hill mansion tours, um, they are it is not nearly that large. Okay, um, but it's you know it's still like two thousand square feet, maybe maybe twenty five hundred. That's it, kind of visible by to people. Is it done in like the style of a like a mansion like i mean not like a mansion like a like <clears throat> like a plantation style house where it yeah. has like the big porch and has a big everything. porch and all that kind of stuff and it's hmm. got you know your distinct rooms that all kind of interconnect still because it was still the uh, the mid 1800s when that was built uh for him and his wow. uh, kind of family his you know his especially his, his nieces and nephews because uh, he had no children of his own and um but with when he was going to pass because he had started um he had started the gardens for himself uh, and decided that they needed to be something that lasted as a legacy for himself and for um, future. Uh, so when he did his will, he actually bequeathed this land to the city of St. Louis and then set up the trust that still runs the garden to this day. Uh, so you know, they still take donations and they still have fundraising events and stuff, but the trust is still what uh, what created and kind of keeps this thing going. And they actually hmm. had times... Um, when I was down there that they were, you know, they wanted to do a new type of event and they actually had to go back and double check that the will would allow it because it was very, very clear. It's a huge will. I got to see it once and it's like, it's like two inches thick. Oh yeah. A lot of them are. Yeah. Legal documents are really, really thick. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm sorry. I, I have this weird thought in my head of somebody opening, opening like a cookie house on that land. A cookie house. Yeah, like, um, I don't know, like, I feel like, I feel like botanical gardens or, like, these places need to have some, like, whimsicality to them. Mm-hmm. So you need, like, you need, like, somebody that just, you can go in and you can bake cookies. Mm. But then I realized that there are a lot of really crappy people out there, so you probably don't want to have a publicly accessible baking thing. Yeah. 
The thing that they do, though, is they actually, you know, on top of just being able to go and visit the garden, they actually have events uh, where they teach people how to garden and how to grow their own food. Oh, that's really cool. In, you know, city environments and urban environments. So, I mean, they've got they've got so much kind of outreach going on. Um, there's it's I mean, we I literally could probably speak about Missouri Botanical Garden for another three hours, but we don't have that kind of time. But I want to just, you know, if any of you are having those like I need to go out and do something, but you don't know what and you don't want to make it like a giant road trip, go to St. Louis, go to the gardens. It is literally worth going there for three or four days in a row. You will always find something different and you will always find something. So a nice place to just calmly relax. I want to take it back to um, your sandwich. Yep. And I just want you to, to for our listeners, take a bite of that sandwich. Um, I'm going to talk while you take a bite of that sandwich so we okay. don't have to listen to you chew. Okay. Well, I, I didn't actually want to hear that, but it doesn't really matter. Um, and I just, I want to... I want to I want to hear like I want to I want to like imagine a picture going on in Aaron's head right now. Like I want to I want to imagine him like wanting to be back in Minnesota where it's freezing cold. He's at a terrible bar. The bartender is looking at him because it's like 11 o'clock at night and the bartender just threw somebody out. And Aaron is digging into a plate of fries that are probably a little soggy and stale. And there's just like a little bit of, I don't know, like fried food bits just waiting for him, waiting at the very end. And Aaron, how does that make you feel? Makes me want the sandwich. Makes me makes me want that sandwich from O'Connell's. Well, that pretty much does it. Mm -hmm. We're out of time for today, but that doesn't mean the show has to end. You can contact us by emailing fans at travelbyproxy.com, leaving a comment on our website, or leaving a comment on our Facebook page. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our copy, our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jarris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixture.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed Walking it, and we wish you, you a look out your window. Moving peace stones and your rearranging all the pieces that you find. Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces, all the people that you love.